0: Okay. So one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders, so it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only 9 dollars a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, terms apply. Hi guys, I'm Emma
1: and I'm Julie
0: and we're the girls behind comments by celebs and welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. How are you doing over there on this Monday morning? Listen, it's definitely
1: a Monday morning, but I think I'm feeling pretty good.
0: I just want to start out by saying to you and to everyone listening, I recognize that the stories last week was something we could not have dreamt up. The fact that the Chloe Tristan and Lamar situation happens the same week that Drake is caught on a date at Dodger Stadium by an ABC7 chopper, and we have Megan Fox, it was just a lot. And so it's a little less exciting this week. I just want to manage expectations going in.
1: I love when you manage expectations.
0: We couldn't have written this shit last week, Julie.
1: No, I'll forever be chasing the high of last week's news stories. But that's okay, because I still think we have good stuff to talk about this week.
0: So we actually wanna start out with something that happened on Instagram. I'm sure most of you saw by now, but basically Daily Mail Australia had published these photos of Blake Lively and her children and they posted them on Instagram and captioned, Blake Lively is a hands-on mom as she expertly wrangles all three daughters while out in NYC. Blake commented on it and wrote, you edit these images together to look like I'm happily waving, but that is deceitful. The real story is my children were being stalked by men all day, jumping out and then hiding. A stranger on the street got into words with them because it was so upsetting for her to see. When I tried to calmly approach the photographer you hired to take these pictures in order to speak to him, he would run away and jump out again at the next block. Do you do background checks on the photographers you pay to stalk children? Where is your morality here? I would like to know. Or do you simply not care about the safety of children? The photographers who would speak to me, I was able to agree to smile and wave and let them take my picture away from my children if they would leave my kids alone because it was frightening. Tell the whole story at Daily Mail at minimum, listen to your followers. They too understand this is dark and upsetting that you pay people to stalk children. Please stop paying grown ass men to hide and hunt children. There are plenty of pictures you could have published without the kids. Please delete, come on, get with the times. So we saw that and we felt like she clearly you know, wrote that because she wanted her message amplified. So we reposted it, obviously blocking out her children. She then actually commented on our post, kind of just you know, thanking us for posting it and getting the message out there. And then it was crazy. Gigi shared it to her story. Rada shared it, Shay Mitchell. And it just took off from there. I think in the history of all of our posts, this is maybe the seventh most engaged with posts, which I really say that to say, I found the reaction to be kind of hopeful in the sense that everybody was very much on board with what she was saying. And I felt like it, her message was received very clearly and loudly and very well.
1: Oh, totally. And I think it was one that a lot of people could obviously get on board with because there's kind of two layers here, which is stalking somebody, even if you're a paparazzi, is just wrong in general. Like the way that they go after these people, I think, puts everybody involved, their safety in kind of question. And especially when there are children involved, it's like you just have to, from a morality perspective, approach it with a different level of care to protect their safety. On top of that, Blake Lively is somebody who does not share her children's identity. There are a lot of celebrities who post their kids on Instagram, on social media, have them involved in their reality shows, whatever it is, and that is their own decision. Obviously, that's fine. But when you have a celebrity who makes it a priority to protect the anonymity of their children, then as paparazzi and as a news source, you have the responsibility, I believe, To take that on as well, Gigi Adid does not share photos of her child. If you were to see Gigi Adid on the street, it's from a morality perspective, do not post a photo of that child, whether you're a fan or a paparazzi. And I think that's the other element that we're really getting into here that people also felt really attached to the story because these kids don't get to choose that lifestyle. And I think regardless of what your view of celebrity culture is, and if you think that it's okay for paparazzi to stalk celebrities in this way, because they signed up for this lifestyle, I think everybody can agree their kids simply did not.
0: Right. And that's one of the reasons that I think that Blake's message was so well received because she obviously came at it from, you know, the emotional angle of being a protective mother, which is so understandable. But on top of that, She was very logical in what she was saying of like, listen, I get it. I get that you have a job to do. I get that I am a celebrity and you have to take photos of me. However, allow me to reason with you. Once you take away the ability to reason, that's when the kind of the gloves come off. And to me, I think that that is such a, you know, fair message. It just, it's interesting. I think that this is all happening also in light of how much recently the conversation about the way the paparazzi acted specifically around Britney and stars like that in the early 2000s is now being talked about. So, you know, it's different. It's not the same thing. However, it's all under the same umbrella. And if you looked at the comments on our post, a lot of people brought that up.
1: Right. Well, a lot of that footage of Britney has been resurfacing with context recently. There is, you know, the one where she was driving with her son on her lap, which got, I mean- an insane amount of backlash at the time and you know then now you get the background of that situation which is that she was desperately trying to get away from these paparazzi and they were surrounding her and she didn't know what else to do or you have the you know the photo of her sitting inside I think it was a cafe crying holding her son while she was pregnant and she ran in there to escape the paparazzi And instead of helping her, the cafe owner, you know, had everybody standing outside allowing them to take photos of her while she's crying inside with holding her child, you know, fearing for her safety. So this is part of the conversation we have where in so many ways we're continuing to move forward and understand, you know, what is right and wrong in terms of the way we approach celebrities and what our responsibility is in consuming that content or creating that content, whatever it is. And so when something like this happens and a celebrity brings that to the attention of everybody, it's like, hold on, we've only moved forward so much because we're still having situations like this happen.
0: Yeah, no, of course, there's so much more work to be done. But I, I do think things like this are important steps. I mean, that was picked up everywhere, you know? And it takes one person like this to really take a stand and have more people get behind it. And then it becomes a thing where what she said is accurate of like, your consumers don't want this either. And I think that that's true. I think that it really comes to a head when the people that are responsible for making the publications money, AKA the consumers, feel dirty from receiving it. You know, all of a sudden, when you no longer feel like the source that you're getting your information from is one that is built on any sort of integrity, you then, by consumption, feel that lack of integrity and nobody wants to feel that way so she's right it, it it is very layered and it does have to go through a lot of different channels and i think that i don't know i'm just glad that we got that message up there i'm glad that it was so well received and i do hope there can be a change the, the kid thing it's 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 like all bets are off once you start fucking with the kids there's nothing that can be done from there there's no amount of okay that or you know f- falling under the guise of i'm just doing my job no when it comes to children you're not just doing your job you're being a fucking creep
1: No, a hundred percent. And as kids get older, especially kids in the city where you don't want to disrupt their lifestyle, their day to day. And as they get older, it's not like you can stick them in a carriage and throw a blanket over it and protect their identity. Like it becomes a certain point where these kids have to live their lives and walk around and, you know, unfortunately have to be seen. And it then puts a level of responsibility on everybody else to kind of group together and say, if that child's face does not want to be out there and their parents want to protect that, then it is our job to do that as well. And I think that a lot of media outlets are really good at that. I think we've definitely seen a shift in terms of as a whole celebrity children being posted without consent has just, it's a lot less than it used to be. But again, there are still certain publications that kind of ignore those guidelines or ignore those things that we all set forward and that celebrity parents wish for their children. And that's a case of what we're seeing here.
0: Yeah. I really do think it's changing though. I genuinely do. I I think that the reception to this, I was concerned. I mean, I wasn't concerned in the sense that I wasn't going to post it, but I was just, I guess, curious before we posted it, if the comment section was going to be a lot of people saying kind of like, "boohoo," you signed up for this life because we've seen that before. But then I think I realized that the involvement of the children is what changed people's tones because people have said that when we've posted things before of celebrities kind of coming for the paparazzi. But I guess- when they bring up the children, people, that's where they draw the line, which makes me happy to see, because I obviously agree with that.
1: Yeah. Again, they just, they didn't ask for, and I did see some of those comments and there are some people who their view of the way celebrities react to certain situations is never going to change. Like no matter what they say, they're always going to view it as like, oh, like poor baby, like your lives are so hard. But I think that that is a very, very minimal amount of people that would react like that, especially when a child is involved.
0: I'm just looking at this post just to give a live update. And I feel like we never really share this. People may be interested. If you click on the post and our insights on it, 71% of the accounts reached weren't following us, which means that it must have really went to Explore. I mean, that just shows how much people were engaging with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Out of the impressions, 1.8 million came from Explore.
1: That's crazy. That is crazy. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. Anyway, just wanted to talk about that. I love when there's something that happens not only on Instagram, but specifically kind of on our page, that really is something we would want to be talking about anyway, you know, very substantive.
1: I do think that as of recently, and you and I've been speaking about this so much off the podcast, there have been a lot of comments that have been news stories, which is kind of something that, you know, has been consistent for a while. I think like every so often you'll get a, a good one, but It definitely hasn't been as much as it used to be. And I think this week specifically, or the past two weeks, there have just been a lot of comments making news stories, which is amazing.
0: Yeah, we we that's something that we spoke about though earlier this year of like, you know what? The celebrities haven't been that good on their common game. And then, I don't know, the last month or so, they really picked it up.
1: Uh, Let's keep up the good work, shall we? Yeah, (laughs) you hear that guys? (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening.
0: (laughs) I still think it is such a missed opportunity that, little huddy did not comment on our post the one of gwyneth paltrow i think i cannot get over if you're on tiktok i think you would agree with us how funny that is that gwyneth paltrow is writing on this random tiktok you know what i go good little huddy i think that girl was being generous like the steps that she had to go through to leave that comment and i just imagine gwyneth paltrow in her house by herself like little huddy tiktok never heard of this kid in her life i just find that hilarious
1: i cannot believe her daughter wouldn't have told her who little huddy is
0: I know. You would think that Apple would be very involved with the whole Hype House world. I have to
1: imagine she is.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she's aware of it. I feel like it's a guilty pleasure of Apple's. I bet you it's a guilty pleasure of a lot more celebrity children, and not all of them are as transparent about it. I bet so, too. Like the way that Mason is so outward in the fact that he was such an Addison fan. That's how
1: Courtney and Addison's friendship came to be.
0: That's what I'm saying. I mean, Mason was the catalyst here. That's wild. Next thing we wanted to talk about was Jason Sudeikis did this interview with GQ. The title was, Jason Sudeikis is having one hell of a year. Subtext, he got famous playing a certain kind of funny guy on SNL, but when Jason Sudeikis invented Ted Lasso, the sensitive soccer coach with the earnest mustache, the actor found a different gear and a surprise hit. Now, ahead of the show's second season, Sudeikis discusses his wild ride of a year and how he's learning to pay closer attention to what the universe is telling him by Zach Barron. I loved this interview.
1: And so did everybody else.
0: Guys, it was so good. It was so good. I'm going to read. We put in just three paragraphs just to kind of set the scene for you, and then we can talk about it, but it was a good read. Okay, shall I? Please. Confidence is a funny thing. You have to somehow believe that the worst outcome simply won't happen. Sometimes you have to do that while knowing for a fact that the worst outcome is happening all the time. Quote, it's a very interesting space to live in, where you're living in the questions and the universe is slipping you answers, Sudeikis said. And are you, are any of us open enough, able enough, curious enough to hear them when they arrive? This sounds oblique, I guess, but I can attest, after spending some time talking to Sudeikis, that everything is a little oblique for him right now. He had the same pandemic year we all had. And in the middle of that, he had Ted Lasso turned into a massive, unexpected hit. And in the middle of that, his split from his partner and the mother of his two children, Olivia Wilde, became public in a way that from a great distance seemed not entirely dissimilar to something that happens to the character he plays on the show that everyone was suddenly watching. Quote, personal stuff, professional stuff. I mean, it's all, that Venn diagram for me is very, here he held up two hands to form one circle, you know? On the first Saturday, by the way, like, yes, Jason, we so know, you know?
1: Yeah, like, I know. I know. Okay,
0: (laughs) reading. On the first Saturday in June, Sadakis flew with his children, Otis and Daisy, from London to New York, where he owns a house in Brooklyn. Quote, Brooklyn is home, he told me simply. He and Wilde, he said, no longer share the house. They split up, according to Sedacus, quote, in November 2020. The end of their relationship was chronicled in a painful public way in the tabloids after photos of Wilde holding hands with Harry Styles' surface in January, setting off a flurry of conflicting timelines and explanations. Sudeikis said that even he didn't have total clarity about the end of the relationship just yet. Quote, I'll have a better understanding of why in a year, he said, and an even better one in two and an even greater one in five. And it'll go from being, you know, a book of my life to becoming a chapter, to a paragraph, to a line, to a word, to a doodle. Right now, he was just trying to figure out what he was supposed to take away about himself from what had happened. Quote, that's an experience that you either learn from or make excuses about. He said, quote, You take some responsibility for it, hold yourself accountable for what you do, but then also endeavor to learn something beyond the obvious from it. And he then went on to actually talk about the night of the Golden Globes where he was infamously in that tie-dye sweatshirt. And he literally said like, I just didn't want to be sitting in a suit in my living room. He was like, Tom Ford sent over a suit. And he said, quote, I wore that hoodie because I didn't want to fucking wear the fucking top half of a Tom Ford suit. He said, I love Tom Ford suits, but it felt weird as shit which was so funny because that was such a point of conversation. And, you know, he said, I was neither high nor heartbroken. It was just late at night and I didn't want to wear a suit.
1: Neither (laughs) high nor heartbroken sounds like a Drake lyric. It does, right? It sounds like a Drake lyric that would become every single person's Instagram caption. What did you think about this? I loved it. Oh, I loved it too. I thought it was interesting to hear him speak about it because... First of all, timeline alone, you got so much clarity and and him saying, you know, I'll have a better understanding in a year, in two years, in five years was so interesting in terms of what we thought our understanding was, because that's kind of what we had thought initially. You know, when those pictures first surfaced of Olivia and Harry, we kind of said, we wonder how long it's been that this is going on. Is this something that they had split up and this is just a new romance or is this something where... Jason Sudeikis was kind of left in the dark and based on his recounting of what happened, it it definitely seems that way.
0: Well, yeah, because let's talk about this for a second. If you really want to go back detailed, Harry and Olivia were first seen together around January of this year. And initially it was reported that, you know, Jason and Olivia split up in November and this was all really a shock to him but then the reports came out that said, no, that's actually not the case. They actually broke up early 2020 and it only became public in November. And so then we went back on the podcast and reported that. But then internally, a lot of people were saying that's total bullshit. The breakup really did happen in November. They just want to move the marker a little bit back. So it looks better from a Harry and Olivia perspective. So there was never full hundred percent clarity. However, clearly this is the real story. And this is the story that Jason is sticking with. And I mean, to me, that was the most interesting part about all of it.
1: That's how I felt too. It was, it definitely gave us a much better understanding of a timeline that we were a little confused about. And I think clearly got a little bit wrong.
0: Well, you have to remember that it was initially the November report was everywhere. But then I guess it was either Harry or Olivia's team that kind of, and I have to imagine Olivia's, like backtracked it, right? And, nobody really knew if that was the case. So we said that because that was what was reported. We didn't really fully know, but then we heard rumbling. So just to hear that confirmation in his eyes, and clearly he's now saying this publicly was very telling to me. And also, by the way, I believe him that he was not high nor heartbroken that night. And yes, everybody kind of took that and ran with it because it fed very well into the narrative. However, the fact that he still at this point doesn't have full clarity does give some legitimacy to the fact that people's concerns for him were valid. You know, it was in a way as abrupt as it seemed originally.
1: Yeah, as it turns out it was. What I think will be so interesting is obviously the way that Harry and Olivia met is on the movie Don't Worry Darling that Harry's starring in and Olivia is directing. And what will be crazy to see is when the press around the movie release starts to happen, whether or not Olivia will give her own rebuttal of the timeline or explanation of what happened because i have to imagine that not that this relationship will be used in a way to promote the movie because i think a it's already done that job just by existing and b neither of them are really like that in a way where they would exploit their relationship for a project i assume they're very proud of but i think that obviously during the time of the movie release when it happens Both of them are going to have to do a lot of press, and I think it would be impossible to do press in a way that doesn't at least talk about their relationship. I'm not saying it has to be the focus of it, but every interview they do, people are going to want to make it the focus. So it'll be interesting to see how Olivia and Harry both respond to these conversations and whether Olivia gives a conflicting timeline that kind of counters his. Right. I don't know. It will be
0: interesting, although there's a part of me that thinks that that would kind of just be too late. It almost, if I want to look at this in the most simplistic understanding and really talk about it almost unintelligently, you would think that that initial timeline backtracking was kind of just like instant damage control and wanting to kind of soften the blow. And now that he's come out with it, I feel that her interpretation of the situation would be like, you know what? This is not the hill that I'm going to die on. I just can't imagine that after his debut GQ interview about Ted Lassa, which is one of the most well received shows, which only, you know, I think increased people's love and adoration for the innocence of Jason Sudeikis so exponentially that she then is going to come back on that. Cause I don't think it's. I just think it's a losing battle.
1: I don't think that she would come back on it in a way that it was a direct hit, where like she was feuding with him in any way, shape, or form. They do seem like they're on good terms. I don't think it would be like that at all, where it would be a very deliberate counter to what he was saying. But I could imagine her doing an interview and giving us a better explanation of the timeline from her point of view, a.k.a. saying maybe, okay, we separated in April, but we broke up officially. Or I started to feel this way earlier in the year. Prior to Harry, I already had felt like my marriage was done with and we kind of stayed in it longer. You know, there's a lot of ways to counter what he was saying in his GQ interview in a way that isn't a direct hit or takes away from his feelings, but kind of explains her truth and her side of the story. And it'll be interesting if she takes advantage of that.
0: Right. And actually, in a way, he gave her a pretty good opening to do it because he led with such a lack of clarity. You know, he's so outward in saying that there's a lot of confusion surrounding why it happened for him. And so in a way, it's almost... Saying it without saying it, you know, this was kind of her doing. So she really does have the floor if she chooses to do that. I, I don't know how she's going to play it, if at all.
1: It'll be extremely interesting. It Extremely. Especially for Harry, who is so private.
0: Yeah. When this stuff happens, and we talk about this a lot, it's like you never want to only kind of contextualize one person's work or what's going on with them in terms of their breakup because what they're doing can exist on its own. But of course, when this Jason interview comes out a week after the Harry and Olivia yacht photos, like the two are swirling in your mind at the same time. It's impossible for it not to. Of course. I don't know. I just love this. And we shall see how that progresses. We shall. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind. but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatchery Store and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. hatch.co slash CBC. So, you guys probably saw how on Saturday Adele was at the NBA Finals game five, and she was sitting courtside next to Rich Paul, who's most famously LeBron's agent, but he basically started this company in 2012 called Clutch Sports. And LeBron was his first big client. And from then on, I mean, he has Ben Simmons, John Wall, Anthony Davis, Lonzo Ball, Tristan. He's become one of the most prominent agents in the NBA. And so It's kind of been speculated for a little while that they were together, but this was their first quote outing. It wasn't a lot of PDA, but they were definitely together. And I just want to say, in case that name rings a bell, but you're not sure exactly why, I will tell you. It is because previously he was dating Jen Meyer. And a while back, I think it was his birthday when there were those Instagram stories of like, Jen Meyer. And I think maybe Kate Hudson was there and their kind of whole crowd. And Tristan was there as well. And everybody was so confused as to why Tristan was randomly there until they made the connection that Jen Meyer was dating Rich Paul. And so that is the connection in case you heard us talk about him before. And now you're wondering why he's very much a fame adjacent person and very well connected. So it was kind of a big deal that this happened because apparently their relationship is pretty much
1: confirmed. Do you think we're the only people on the planet that would be like, oh, Rich Paul, not LeBron's agent, the guy that was at a party with Tristan Thompson because he was dating Jen Meyer?
0: I think us and probably a large portion of the people that listen to this podcast. That is maybe the funniest thing ever. You know, I mean, Adele being out in general is a big deal in terms of being spotted.
1: Oh, anytime Adele is anywhere, it's a news story. Her being at that game in general, that picture was everywhere of just her. Then for it to be on top of that, a layered story of her being there with a new romance, I mean, get out of here. Especially her
0: and her ex-husband split in September, 2019. And it was pretty recent after they broke up that she was rumored to be dating Skepta, the rapper. But then when she was on SNL in October of last year, she confirmed she wasn't in a relationship. She made a comment saying something like, you know what? I'm going to go back to being the single cat lady," and. Everybody I think just has been curious because I just think it's a normal curiosity. She's been broken up with her husband for a little while now. And I don't know, I'm so here for this.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of, I mean, I think there's always hype around Adele, quote unquote, but I think especially after the SNL hosting and you know the rumors of a new album coming out, this on top of all of that, just creating more hype around her and people being excited about a new album, whatever project she's working on. Like Adele is somebody who no matter what she does, you're always, always going to be interested in that. So to see her in this setting, it gives you more content to talk about than there already is. And so it's, I don't know. I love hearing about Adele in new relationships. I love, even when it was with Skepta and we didn't really know a ton about him, just to know that she was dating and moving on after a divorce was a whole topic of conversation. So I guess what we're seeing is just a continuation of that.
0: It's very similar to Rihanna energy in terms of how such minimal things can make such a lasting impression, but not in a way where it's just like the annoying media sites that pick it up and hang on to every single word. It's like the entire public is captivated by one paparazzi shot.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. Adele and Rihanna both and Beyonce and there's a couple of others. It's a category of its own, but they hold such a specific amount of power and you know, we've had a lot of conversations about J-Lo and the fact that J-Lo, no matter what she does, always manages to make a story. And that's kind of different. That's like a level of relevancy that she's been able to maintain that everyone, no matter what she's doing, is just interested it's always going to create a new story and there's always something to talk about with her. With somebody like Adele and Rihanna... It's not always like there's something to talk about. Those things happen somewhat infrequently, but when they do, they hold so much power and they're so captivating. Their lives are so interesting to us that we hang on every single detail we can get out of that because we don't know when the next time we're gonna be getting a news story about them is.
0: Oh, completely. On a very surface level, it seems like there's a lot of similarity there in the JLo slash, you know, Rihanna Adele conversation, but it's far more nuanced. It is so, so different.
1: Tell me if you had this thought as well, because obviously we have had this conversation so much and not to always bring it back to Kim, but this is exactly the type of person I want to see Kim dating.
0: Exactly. And honestly, I think that there's a very high likelihood that this is the type of thing that happens.
1: I think so. This is exactly the type of person when I think of like a sports agent, fame adjacent, incredibly connected and well-known and powerful and high up not a direct celebrity in the limelight like this is that type of person and I love that for Adele so much
0: I just the only difference with Kim is that I very much could also see it being someone that has that same level of fame adjacency and power but in either a more political field or in a legal field you know like we always say the male version of amal Clooney yep. I could very much see that right anything else you'd like to get
1: on her chest
0: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So following the resignation of Larry Rudolph, who was Brittany's longtime manager of 25 or so years, Sam Ingham, who was her court appointed attorney, also submitted his letter of resignation. And Britney was approved to hire her own lawyer. She hired Matthew Rosengart, who this guy is a big deal. He's previously represented Ben Affleck, Jimmy Butler, Steven Spielberg, Julia Louis Dreyfus, a lot of people. He is very well connected, and at the very least, this was a huge deal. One, the fact that she was able to choose her own representation, which should have been the case all along, and then second of all, the fact that she chose him. It's kind of like, okay, she's playing ball.
1: Oh, absolutely, and. The lawyer thing was always one of the main aspects of this that I think rubbed everybody the wrong way, because this is a situation where, in theory, this conservatorship was set up to have her best interests in mind. Obviously, what we know now is that is so, so far from the case. But the thing that's confusing for so many people is that the courts themselves should still be operating in that way. And again, I think based on what we've seen, we don't have full confidence in that. And so for Britney now to be able to appoint her own lawyer, somebody who finally has her best interest in mind and is only there to protect her, has no affiliation with the court in terms of being appointed by them or Britney's father in terms of the way the conservatorship is working with Britney's legal team, it finally feels like this continuation of the domino effect that we were talking about in terms of Larry Rudolph stepping down and Sam stepping down and Bessemer Trust stepping down. And it does feel like this is a huge, huge aspect of that needle moving in the right direction.
0: No, it's a huge deal. I really do feel like things are changing. And you know, all of this legal stuff is happening at the same time that she's been a lot more vocal on social media. I'm sure you guys have seen some of her posts. I don't need to read them. They're very long captions, but they've been everywhere. And for example, she posted one that the actual post said, never forget who ignored you when you needed them and who helped you before you even had to ask. She then posted a dancing one and in the caption of the dancing one, she directly you know, calls out her dad again. She makes a comment saying, "You know, I don't like that my sister performed my remixes at an award show. Little kind of hints, but it was the first time that I think she's ever directly mentioned Jamie Lynn. So from that, people are now wanting to see if there are other secret messages. It's just, there's a lot left to be deciphered.
1: A lot, And there are a lot of people who, and I've seen this specifically on TikTok, a lot of people on Twitter who have really been delving into these posts and trying to analyze everything that she's saying. And, you know, there's a lot of background that they have that honestly, like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I I had no idea that that background existed. And a lot of people pulling up that Jamie Lynn Spears performance that You know, I didn't see and noticing the body language and the different reactions. So it is interesting seeing the way people are reacting to that specific post after so much speculation about what's going on there.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. It's just that we can all objectively say that her dad is a bad guy and he has done a really bad thing. But I can't sit here and pretend like I'm going to feed into this narrative of like death to Jamie Lynn. She's a fucking mother. Does everybody forget that? Like, I'm sorry, the blame on her and on the dad cannot be the same thing. And I have no no personal investment in this. It's just the way that I see people speak about this woman forgetting that she's a mother with real children and saying the most disgusting things
1: about her kids is not something I'm okay with. No, I I absolutely so agree with you. And I think something people also forget in all of this is that so much of this is speculation. Obviously, the way that Brittany speaks about her dad and approaches that situation is different than anything else and anybody else that comes up. And so I feel really confident in saying and echoing Brittany's exact statements about her father and exactly what she has said in the past. When it comes to the other members of the family, I don't feel as confident doing that because not because I, again, like you said, I obviously feel the need to protect somebody whose children are being threatened. That is literally never okay. But just on like the surface level I don't feel like we've been given enough directly from Britney to then pile onto that. And I don't think it's right to do that when you haven't. We've seen how Britney has spoken about her father and you've seen the things she's directly said. So when we say those statements as well and we talk about those things, it's coming directly from Britney. Obviously, when it comes to the rest of the family, there are things that have been hinted and we can speculate a little bit and we can talk about their involvement on some level because I am sure that it is there to an extent. But to take what Britney is saying and twist it ourselves feels I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel productive to what Britney is trying to accomplish. That's my own feelings. I know a lot of people have a lot of differing opinions on everybody's complacency in all of this and what they think is going on. But the fact of the matter is the only person that we really, really know their position in all of this is her father.
0: Personally for me, I believe with every fiber of my being that Britney deserves every single right to full freedom, medical freedom financial freedom, everything as it applies to anything that she wants to do in her life. And that is something that I think we are all on board with and will continue to hopefully try to amplify that message. But just in the absence of full facts, I don't want to allow my desire to want to fill in what's going on with something that's only damaging. And I just... I I just, the death threats to the kids is what really kind of turned me off from this whole thing. And I would rather put my energy in saying, I bet she has a real fucked up familiar relationship. However, the number one villain here is her father. And personally for me, allowing her to choose her own attorney and hopefully getting her father completely removed from this are the main focus for me. That doesn't have to be for everyone. I'm just saying for me.
1: Yeah, I so agree with you. Also, I think something that's happening here that's also worth talking about is so much of the conversation around britney has to do with the fact that during the earlier days of britney when this conservatorship first got put into place so much of what we are now saying is wrong was the way that she was treated at that time you know the constant harassment the, the you know the fact that she couldn't escape the paparazzi and she couldn't do anything because every single move she made was so scrutinized There's something interesting that's happening now that I find, and I wonder if you feel the same way, where it's like, in the attempt to bring light to her situation, we're kind of repeating history just in a way that is under the guise of good intention. But I do notice a lot of the times when we have these conversations about Britney, about her Instagram posts, about the people that she calls out, specifically, you know, her sister and this. There's so much stuff that then gets brought up, old clips, old videos, things that are probably incredibly scarring for her. Like we were talking about before, that picture of her inside the cafe crying, holding her son when all the paparazzi are outside. I find that something that's happening a lot right now is that we're resurfacing all of those things in a way of saying like, see, see what she went through. And I think it ends up dragging up old conversations that are probably re-scarring for her. And I think that the amount of speculation we have every time that she posts something or something that's a little bit cryptic and to go through all of those old posts and pull them up and analyze every single aspect of it is probably doing some level of harm all over again because it's exactly the kind of stuff that we were saying was wrong the first time. We're just doing it a little bit differently now. So I think that people also need to be a little bit more aware of that. I, I do too. And it's a hard
0: balance. I, I, I recognize that, you know, in this desire and this passion that really comes from such a well-intentioned place and is so clearly driven by just a desire for justice. I, you're right. The, the lines get a little bit blurred and I just want to try my hardest personally to not contribute to that. And that's all. Right. Exactly. When on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters. So you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer, dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer, dryer is like... Hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Not that much in the Kardashian recap, but I want to start out by saying I'm sure you all saw that Chris and Corey are currently on Tommy and D. Hill figures yacht in Italy. And she is posting more than I think she ever has from a vacation.
1: I have to say also so much attention we give to courtney when she goes to italy and chris blows her out of the fucking water when she does this
0: in every single way because her the frequency of her posts and she's really just showing us all of these different angles and we're getting the fashion we're getting the luxury of the yacht itself we're getting the food i mean I really was like, what is going on with you, Chris? And did you go into this trip with the intention that you wanted to show it more? Because she was kind of like taking a page out of Kylie's book or Kim's book.
1: I know, but I think this is something yearly that she does. I mean, we've seen her obviously in Italy with the Figures multiple times and- I think last year was around the time when she couldn't, obviously, because of COVID. So I think she's just amping up her game this year. And she typically posts a lot when she's with them because it is such a fabulous vacation and such an experience. And I think Italy is a place where she just literally lives her best life. And I think she's showing us that just to the max right now.
0: I think so too. And I, I was thinking of just Corey for a second and just thinking back on some of those photos. Not that I think that Kim is going to date a Corey because I think, I mean, obviously he's very successful, but I think she'll date someone that's even more successful than that. But I was thinking recently of the photos that, I guess it was Justin posted of Corey or Corey posted of Justin from a while back just showing that they've obviously been close for a while. And it just shows how well-connected Corey has been in the entire music industry. And that type of vibe, I just am thinking of it in this moment because we're talking about Chris and Corey, that type of vibe
1: I could see for Kim. Again, on a higher level, but that
0: same energy. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. i We're going to get there. Like Every single person we talk about It's just like, could we see that for Kim? No, moving on to the next person. Do I want that? Yeah, that, but with this. like, Eventually we'll get to exactly what we want with her and she'll get what she wants and it'll be the most like amazing feeling finally having that answer.
0: Isabel and I were on the So Good Is Bad podcast with Ryan Bailey last week. And at the end, he asked us, what are you most excited for both in regular pop culture and then in Bravo? Because it was obviously a Bravo Focus episode. And I said- Honestly, I was like, no shade to Travis and Courtney for their potential engagement. But honestly, that's the number one thing. The paparazzi photo of Kim making her first public outing with her new boyfriend, whenever that is, that's the number one thing I'm the most excited for.
1: It's so much to the point where, like, we have this conversation off podcast in a way that is so unbelievably serious that you would think that we were about to record. And it just happened this weekend where. We were looking at the pictures of Kim and Lala together. And I said to you, I love when Kim and Lala hang out so much because I am such a Lala fan and I love their friendship so much. But even more than that, I love Lala's group of friends in terms of Vanessa Bryan and Sierra and Russell. And I was saying to you, like, I would trust Russell Wilson to find Kim somebody like that is exactly what I want for like, I would trust Russell Wilson with my life and I would trust him to find somebody for Kim. I just want you guys to envision
0: Julie and I sitting in the kitchen of my uncle's house this weekend and him and my aunt coming upstairs and just seeing us so deeply engaged in this conversation. And she said, my aunt was like, I feel like I'm, I'm watching a live podcast. And we were so unaware that it was even happening because I guess it was so second nature to just automatically dive into a deep analysis as to Kim's potential dating future.
1: I know it was so funny. It really was,
0: but I agree with you. I think that that's a great prospect and let's, I don't know, Russell, I mean, you have your work cut out for you.
1: He really does now.
0: This whole Kanye arena stuff, there's not much to say other than the fact that apparently they are still together. There were reports that they weren't. A source said that she was upset about that, meaning she was upset about the reports saying that they weren't. Apparently she didn't go to France with him for other reasons. I don't really know what the deal is just throwing it out there that apparently this is somewhat of a thing that's operating in the universe.
1: The way I feel about this relationship, weirdly enough, is like I cared in the beginning because it was about who Kanye was moving on with, but I don't feel actually invested in their relationship.
0: I've never cared about anything
1: less. No, that's not true. We care about Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton less. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
0: I mean, I, I cared in the beginning, so I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like Kim or Connie is dating someone new. But now I'm like, okay, just tell me when there's something to talk about. And if there's not, then this seems unnecessary to have this discussion. That's like honestly my take. <laughs>
1: no, exactly. It was more about what the relationship represented rather than the actual relationship itself.
0: Yeah, completely, completely. Last thing was just that the last two parts of Kylie's docuseries on YouTube were out. I say docuseries, they were 10 minutes each, but it was a lot of stormy content. It was a lot of insight. I know a lot of people thought that Chris was kind of bullshitting in saying how hard Kylie works, but I don't think it's so crazy. I mean, she clearly puts in a lot of work to getting to where the brand has become. And I personally loved the behind the scenes look.
1: I did too. I really, I mean, I could listen. There's very few things that they could put out as content that I wouldn't watch and be obsessed with. And I could have watched a million more episodes of this, even if it was just behind the scenes, even if it was just like one glimpse of Stormy every so often, I'm just fascinated by her and everything she does.
0: The thing is though, honestly, I was thinking about it with the exception of Arthur, George and Poosh, I would watch that on any of their brands. If Kim did that with Skims, if Chloe did it with Good American, you know, I would be very curious, even if Kim did it with KKW Beauty, the same kind of thing of like taking you inside the business and how it all started Even if the entire thing, of course, as you're watching it, you recognize that the third episode is basically a promotion for Kylie baby. I don't care. I actively understand what they're doing and I'm down for it because it's still entertaining, which is why the ads are so good because they don't feel like ads. (laughs) Um, but I really would do that with pretty much any of their business ventures in terms of being excited to watch.
1: Yeah. I so agree.
0: Anything else you want to mention? I think that's it for this week. I think so too. We love you guys. I'm sorry this one wasn't as riveting as last week, but you can't win them all. I'm sure some crazy shit will go on this week that we'll talk about next week,
1: right? Let's hope so. From your mouth to God's ears, kid.
0: (laughs) Okay, we love you guys so much. Make sure to check the links in the description and we'll see you later this week. And Isabel and I will see you on Friday for Bravo.